today on CityCast DC. During World War II, women took on roles as codebreakers, pilots, butchers, and farmers to aid in the war effort. These women are Rosies, you know, like Rosie the Riveter. College student Raya Kenny has been trying to get a memorial to these women built in DC since she was 11 years old. She explains what it takes to get a new monument constructed here. Today's Tuesday, August 15th. I'm Bridget Todd, and here's what DC is talking about. So, Raya, you've been trying to make this Rosie's Memorial a reality for half of your life. Why has this project been so important to you? It's been something I've been working on for so long. At this point, I cannot stop. The women who worked during the war, there were over 18 million civilian women, and they deserve the recognition in our nation's capital, especially considering the severe lack of monuments and memorials we have for women at this time. And I think this project will help bring awareness to how women have helped facilitate history, though that history has been largely unseen. Yeah. So tell me, what is the Rosie's Memorial supposed to be about? Like, I know that you said that it's a tribute to women who worked during the war. Uh, How are you envisioning this? So this memorial is going to be to the working women from World War II who held over 80 different jobs for the first time during the war. And before they started that work, Oftentimes they weren't permitted or expected to work those roles. And so these women vastly changed the way that we viewed women in the workforce, allowing women to work aside men and giving women equal pay, which at the time they didn't, but now they do. And so this memorial is going to work to bring awareness to what the women did and help inspire my generation, my mother's generation and future generations commemorating how strong women are. What do you think it'll look like? So my design, I did it in fifth grade. It consisted of 20 pillars, granite pillars. I did it in wood at the time from a craft store. And on each side of the pillar, there's a name of a job that a woman held for the first time. And those pillars are in the shape of a V, symbolizing victory. Um, At the time, the V symbol was commonly used in public assemblies and before baseball games and other larger public scale functions, just to give America a sense of victory and that they're doing well during the war. And so I think it speaks to that sort of energy that was going on. But obviously the design is subject to change as we go through different committees and people who have a really big, great background in architecture and design that will look at it. Sounds awesome. What were some of those jobs that for the first time women were holding? Originally, I had watched A League of Their Own, which is a film about the women baseball Classic. players. So good. Gina Davis, Tom Hanks, you can't go wrong. And 10-year-old me thought it was so cool to watch women sliding around the bases in their skirts. And I was like, I'm going to do some research. And so after I watched the film, I learned about all of the other jobs they held. Butchers, mechanics, machinists, typists, code breakers, code makers, postal carriers, sort of every job that we sort of consider now as a job for both men and women at the time weren't. So everything under the sun, these women really kept America running in every way, food industries, factories, planes in the sky, planes on the ground. Yeah, I work in technology on the side. And so women during this era, you know, they were literal computers. We, we really associated that work with women's work, even though now we think of tech as sort of a male-dominated field. And it's so interesting how so many of our industries just would not be the same if not for the contributions of these women who go so often overlooked. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, it's cool. Even tech fields. Absolutely. That's really neat that you do that. 
So have you met and talked with women who were real-life Rosies? I met with May Cryer, who lives in Pennsylvania, who worked at a shipyard during the war. And I also have spoken to Phyllis Gould, who has since passed away, who helped build planes. And both of these women are incredibly pragmatic, and they're so amazing. Uh, May Cryer, incredibly sassy. I went to her house and visited her, and I just remember her telling me stories about the war and how she felt about working. One of the women said that she was making more than her husband, and she was spending her money on under aware and she was so excited (laughs) (laughs) to have her own like income and freedom with that. How has the, I mean, that's a a great story. How have some of the stories that you've heard from these real life Rosies influenced uh, the way that you're thinking about the memorial? I just think it's incredibly inspiring. And the more I learn about these Rosies, the more personal stories that I receive, the more I want to do this because every single individual was so impactful in what they did. And oftentimes they didn't even know what they were doing or how important they are. I've spoken to Rosies who didn't even know that they were Rosies until recently when Rosie the Riveter Day became a a national holiday and the Rosie the Riveter Congressional Gold Medal happened and all of this awareness has been brought to attention. So I just want to continue to facilitate that awareness. So let's talk about the actual nuts and bolts of this coming together. What has the process been like? Like if there's a little girl listening who is like, I have a great idea for a memorial, what steps should she take to to actually have it be reality? That is a great question because I will say when 10-year-old me, my teacher said, you know, you really should try to get this built. I said yes, having no idea what the process looked like. And so as I've gone, I've just sort of learned on the way because there isn't really a this is how it's going to work type thing. There has been a lot of help though. So the first step is reach out to your local representative, tell them about your dream, tell them about what you want to get done. For me, it was uh, Delegate Eleanor Holmes Norton. I went to her office, I gave her my pitch. She said, this is excellent, you should get this done. And she agreed to draft up legislation. But then we learned that we needed a sponsor group for that legislation. So that's when I had to create a nonprofit foundation for it. And once that occurred, she introduced the legislation. We got Senator Duckworth to introduce the Senate partner legislation. And that went through rounds and rounds of, you know, I'm just a bill sitting here on Capitol Hill from Schoolhouse Rock. (laughs) It's very much that process, just a lot longer. And then eventually it got to President Joe Biden's desk and he signed it in December of 2022. And so now it's solidified. How did that feel when you found out that it was going to Biden to be signed? I didn't know that it was on his desk that day. I was in the middle of a shift at work and a family friend texted me and said, it's a law. And I think my heart started beating so quickly. I went upstairs to the second floor of my work and I just burst into tears because it was slightly unexpected at the time. And I was just so excited that all this hard work had culminated in like a result that I really wanted. God, I can only imagine, you know, so it's authorized, but they basically were like, well, now you have to figure out how you're going to pay for it if you want to see it be in the world. Uh, How much money do you actually need to raise to make this happen? That is another great question. Right now, we're guesstimating around 14 million, and that's going to include for the rest of time, since this is going to be on national land and will need to be maintained, you know, for eternity, including building costs and all of the advice we're going to need from people who are really skilled at this. And so a lot of money. And since we cannot take government funds, since that's one of the stipulations of the legislation, we're going to have to look at corporate groups and 
companies that first employed women during the war and people who want to highlight women in their accomplishments. Ooh, so is that the route that you're taking, like private sector funding for the most part? Yeah, grassroots efforts. Right now, it's more low-key. We haven't gotten into the huge pushes yet, but we can now since I needed to get state licensing so I can make sure I'm licensed in every state to fund. There's just been so many little facets that I've, I was like, oh, I didn't know I needed to do that. And obviously, so. You know, it's really not often that a fifth grade school project turns into like a lifelong project and goal and, and you know, mission. Have you stayed in touch with the teacher who first assigned this to you? Absolutely. Yeah, we text on occasion. She follows me on Instagram. My family and I will go over and have dinner at her house and vice versa. We're still very close. That's so awesome. You know, I'm wondering, do you get to pick the site? Like, how does that work? Where would you want it to be? We know the National Mall is like packed already. Where do you, where would you like to see this memorial go? I would like to see it as close to the World War II memorial as possible. Um, And so I'm trying to do that. I'm working with some site selection specialists to find the ideal location, since this location is another thing that's going to have to go through committee. But again, as close to the National Mall as possible, since the National Mall is technically closed. I'm working with uh, Delegate Eleanor Holmes Norton and Senator Duckworth to get Area 1 legislation. And Area 1 is just the location that's technically outside of the National Mall, but as close as possible. Raya Kenny, creator of the Rosie's Memorial, thank you so much for what you're doing and thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. That's all for today here on CityCast DC. If you enjoyed the show, share it with a friend who made a great Rosie the Riveter last Halloween. And subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with even more news from around the city. Talk to you then. 